Welcome. This is David Barris, president of the American Association of Bank Directors, host of ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Today, we have as our guest, Will Taylor, to discuss current and prospective issues affecting your bank's ALCO and investments. This is part two to four discussions with Will. Will has been the director of the Portfolio Management Group at Vining Sparks. He has extensive knowledge and experience of balance sheet management techniques and investments and has served on the faculty of Southwest School of Banking, Mid-South School of Banking, and the Western Independent Bankers Bond University. Please let me know if you have any follow-up questions by contacting me at dbarris at aabd.org. All right, let's call Will. David, it's great to be back here with you. Today's subject is a continuation of our last podcast episode on current and prospective issues impacting ALCO and investments. You mentioned last time the risk of rates uh, rising. Can you elaborate on those risks and how that might happen? Gladly, and that's a, that's a great point to start with. You know, with rates declining until recently and, and lower loan demand due to COVID recession, Net interest margin had been compressed. The steepening of the yield curve offers an opportunity for people to be investing now, and I see this as more of a short-term opportunity than a long-term trend. And let me explain why. The government deficit uh, that continues to grow and continues to mushroom is a total drag on our GDP. We've seen that in country over country, and Japan being the most recent example where you have high government spending and deficits that are created, and that becomes a drag on the GDP. So it's, there's actually an inverse relationship to the amount of debt that a government issues and the impact on their interest rates. It actually pushes interest rates lower. Um, the belief out there in, in some circles is that, you know, we're issuing all this debt and eventually, you know, we'll not be able to sustain the, uh, the issuance. There aren't enough buyers out there of the debt. And Therefore, people will stop buying our debt and interest rates will skyrocket because of in inflation, basically you know, brought on by uh, the fact that uh, we've issued so much debt and people don't feel comfortable with the U.S. government obligation. Now, I'll say this. You know, the fact that banks are more liquid than ever, uh, you know, is one of the things that we're seeing in the boardrooms that we have to make a decision. And we have to make a decision whether we're going to take our liquidity today and invest it or if we're going to hold based upon these theories that are running around out there that interest rates, you know, could go into a hyperinflation or inflationary uh, time period. Now, I do not believe that uh, we're going to be seeing that anytime soon, mainly because the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government have a lot of uh, power in their arsenal to manipulate interest rates for a long time period. And remember that what the Federal Reserve is doing today is basically financing. You know, they're not printing money and spending it because that's against the Federal Reserve Act. They're actually just providing a financing mechanism that allows for uh, the interest rates to be stay stable or to increase overall economic growth. So uh, from that standpoint, I think that uh, – you know, we, we've got a situation where our deficit spending is going to be a real drag on us. So eventually, where where do we end up with that? <laughs> Everyone well, wants to know that. 
Yeah, with the deficit spending, here here's the problem. Um, you know, if you go back, uh, and there have been a number of people, Adam Smith and Humes and people like that, who have studied in-depth countries uh, that have applied this process of not running surpluses but have run in deficits. Um, and the French Revolution is a perfect example, the Bourbons, uh, where they just – things got out of hand because they issued so much debt that it became unsustainable. And their entire empire declined. That's what happens at the end of a uh, of a economy that basically has too much debt. Um, I don't think we're anywhere close to that because the Federal Reserve has been financing, not spending. If they change the Federal Reserve Act and we start to spend uh, money, then you could see a very um, you could see just a, a, a not a, a good uh, outcome. So the um, the rise of the deficit. Can you expand on that? You know where where we were before and where we are now, and where we're heading. Yeah. Quantifiable. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, one of the things you're going to see is uh, a in terms of deficit economies. You know the when debt reaches 50% of GDP, you're going to see a um, basically it becomes a drag on GDP rather than building up of GDP. And currently, what we have taking place is a situation where um, our GDP, the, the percentage of a current debt to GDP, is about 127% of our GDP. That was the third quarter of 2020. In 2013, it was 99%. Okay, Before the Great Recession, it was 64%. That was the second quarter of 2008. So uh, the Fed balance sheet went up from $4 trillion in, in the QE, now we are spending 120 billion per month. We spent 3.5 trillion in three months last year in 2020. These are massive amounts of uh, deficit increases to our GDP, and they eventually become a drag on the GDP that uh, is uh, turns to a net negative savings type of a, a concept. Um, so the the short answer is that this deficit spending that we have taking place will be just like Japan, and we will be in an inflationary environment for a prolonged time period. As they increase the amount of deficit spending, it will become even worse in terms of the ability for interest rates to move up and us to be in a very long, low-rate environment, very similar to Japan. And just one footnote, uh, China is still running a surplus, right? That's exactly right. Those those economies that run surpluses, and this is the way that you know Humes and, and these these great uh, economists of the past have always said is that countries run surpluses so that when they have time periods of uh, uncertainty or or disaster or whatever, they can go into their bank account or their savings account and pull it out and be able to spend it from there. Um, those countries that don't do that and they run deficits eventually don't last. So the country like China, and they're they're starting to run deficits themselves, but they have they've had you know 20 years of double digit GDP growth that they were able to save away and and buy up assets around the world. They basically uh, will strengthen, and those countries like the United States and 
Japan and, and other countries that uh, embark on this deficit spending that eventually drag their GDP down will uh, economically start to decline. Well, uh, Will, on that note, uh, that happy note, we'll end this session, but we will join you shortly for additional questions. Thank you very much for joining us. Sounds great. Look forward to it.